I'm a part-time rock star. What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 179. Another episode this week. We got my buddy Mike Rook Richards, who is a uh, singer-songwriter based out of Alexandria, Virginia. He is uh, currently performing throughout the DMV and uh, is also working on his next record. Uh, his influences range from John Mayer, Rob Thomas, Morgan Wade, Jason Isbell, and Chris Stapleton, respectively, as well as others, I am sure. But uh, I wanted to sit down with him one day and uh, talk in person because we have a few mutual friends, and uh, we also both happen to play hockey. So uh, we got together after a game one day uh, and uh, talked about the upcoming songs that Mike is putting out. Um, he said a fairly ambitious goal this year to release uh, one song per month. And uh, the first song is called Euphoric Dream, which uh, drops tomorrow. Uh, you'll hear it first on this episode if you like it. You can definitely go find it wherever you stream music. And uh, definitely follow uh, Rook Richards on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. And uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, also feel free to uh, subscribe or rate the ship. But uh, regardless, uh, thanks for listening and thanks for supporting local music in general. We all definitely appreciate that and uh, hopefully yourself are doing all right. Um, really in personal news and notes, I don't have a ton to mention. I'll be uh, promoting a couple shows for my band on the Hollow Truth page, but uh, regardless... The last few things I usually mention is uh, Part-Time Rockstar Productions is up and running. If you're looking for any video content in the DMV, there's also a merch store on Shopify for the podcasts. If you're interested in any of the shirts or koozies and stuff like that. And then uh, last but not least, Truly Strings out of Laurel, Maryland is the uh, guitar shop that is the sponsor of this show. And I take all my guitars there. Steven does a killer job every time. And uh, yeah, without any further rambling, we'll get to the conversation with Rook Richard. Walk through the snow, hitting the glow. The dark stood no chance to such radiating. Took my hand, made me understand exactly why love can elude me. Mixtures of silence bring light to this science. Textures that bind us, eat up. Richards for uh, the podcast here. So, sitting here in Old Town, Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Welcome on uh, what I call the Part Time Rockstar Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here, brother. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me over. We were uh, playing hockey earlier uh, this morning or afternoon. Mm-hmm. So, it was good. Good start to the day. And um, yeah, I figured we'll just start there. It's kind of rare 
I think we were talking earlier that uh, somebody plays sports or hockey in particular. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, also music. So It's wild, man. It's not often you see people that also are in that kind of vein where they're playing and doing things out for gigs and, you know. Yeah. Professionally or part-time rock star, however you want. To yeah, call you it. may be yeah. more of a full-time, full-timer, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but uh, that's cool. I mean, uh, I guess you're playing a shitload of gigs around uh, Old Town and then beyond, of course. Yeah, man, yeah. seven nights a week. <laughs> it's not is easy. It, is it really seven nights? <laughs> seven nights. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I've had to start carving out some times, uh, which is funny because I started doing it where I'm going to hockey games. So I'm starting to just be like, all right, you know, I could go to the Caps game for this night, and that's that's my night off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a that's a lot of nights a week. I've uh, struggled to get that many gigs for sure. I'm usually more of like a weekend warrior at this point, but it's kind of nice to be a weekend warrior. Some like after you've played so much, <laughs> it's nice to yeah. have a break. <laughs> but you know, yeah, funding a record is not cheap. So, yeah, I don't mind it, especially. Funding it with music instead of, you know, a quote, air quotes, real job. Yeah. So. I mean, a real job is always something that you do that is taking care of the bills, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool, though. Uh, however you fund it or however you do it. Um, I guess we met through uh, Felix or uh, Felix Nieto of the Hangar Studio, mm-hmm. which I'm trying to convince him to actually call it that or give it a name because <laughs> I think it'll help his uh, workload or publicity or whatever you want to call it yeah and you were there with a long time friend of mine and drummer in my band at times and I don't know I've known him since we were kids but Luke Roberts so, I didn't know he was a drummer yeah he's actually I think trying to uh, conceal that fact of Lee <laughs> uh, because he's a, you know, a video extraordinaire and uh, trying to be a budding pop star, YouTube star mm-hmm. as well. But um, yeah, I don't think he minds mm-hmm. either way. But he's really good on, yeah. on the drum kit. Just adds to your talent, man. Shoot. He's the only drummer I've really drummed with who like, not only can he sing really well while mm-hmm. he's drumming, but he can film while he's drumming. That's incredible. I've, he's put together an entire video montage of our gig with his freaking iPhone, <laughs> like, while drumming, like, one-handed, and, like, if there's a pause in the set where there's, like, a little bit of an acoustic-y instrumental part, he can get out from behind the kit, get all the shots he needs of us, get back on there, and bam. That's incredible. I did not know that about it's, him. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a sight to see, Yeah. sure. <laughs> so. You have to find some of those footage. Well, well, pieces of footage. How do you, how do you, how would you say it? I have no idea. Yeah, he's got an Instagram and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess you know about that because, uh, again, that's our our meeting spot, I guess. Mm-hmm. So our, our point of reference. Yeah. So um, I guess you were working on a, a few new songs that come out here soon. Yeah. So the whole plan is to put out one whole new track every month in 2023. Uh, we've got two so far. I'm working on getting the rest done. We've got a big studio session with Buddy Spear mm-hmm. um, out of 38 North. He's the producer, and uh, well, we'll see where it lands, but definitely the lead guitar on the track. But this last one that we've recorded that it will be re- released in February. Um, he played the bass, he played the guitar, he played the synths. He did pretty much everything except for the drums which uh, yeah. was Andy Hamburger, who plays with Holly Montgomery Band a lot yeah. um, and does a lot. He's one of those big local legends around here, too. So, That's awesome. Yeah, man, wild. 
I mean, that's an ambitious goal. I think I was saying earlier to do. I, I know I've heard people try to do it. Mm-hmm. I have yet to see any of at least my friends do it successfully. Mm-hmm. I know people do. So yeah. I'm certainly not saying it's impossible, but well, I, fingers crossed I'm going to be able to <laughs> get this mission accomplished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, the only point of reference I have for attempting it would be from my own style of writing. And I never felt like if I did that, I would have enough material I was happy with. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm most curious about, did you uh, actually use like maybe the last few years to maybe build up enough material you were happy with? Or did you kind of just sit down one week and was like, I'm going to write 12 songs? Uh, like, I don't know. Well, I'm still in the process of writing a few of them. Okay. Uh, over the last year, I wrote about, I want to say, five or six of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, over the pandemic was, I had nothing to do for like three months. So I was sitting around yeah. just kind of like twiddling my thumbs and just like, I got to do something. Yeah. So, uh, the last record XYO that I released was literally just all songs that had come out of the pandemic. I just wrote over that period of time. Yeah. Um, and I also had some other ones that, you know, maybe I wasn't so happy with, but like you sit down and I think part of the good aspects of what I'm doing right now is sitting down in pre-production with buddy Mm -hmm. and saying, Hey man, this is what I got. And then having him play the guitar. So I don't have to focus on playing and singing at the same time, right? Figuring out what the melody is and then having an idea about what do I really want to write about? And if I really need to rewrite it, like, so right on time, this next record or record song single that's coming out in February. Um, yeah, let's talk about that one because that's definitely going to be the focus of this particular conversation, I think. Well, actually, Euphoric Dream is the next one. <laughs> right. I yeah, on the 20th. Up, yeah. yeah. It's too many songs. All, all the things. Yeah. Um, so, but the Bright on Time track, which is coming out in February, not quite yet. Um, shoot, and I'm losing my train of thought. Where was I at with that? Songs coming out, and um, we're talking about the other one, though. Working on with Buddy. That's right. So the pre-production and all of it is sitting down. So what I did, I had a whole set of lyrics that I wrote down for that. Yeah. And when we ended up coming through and playing it, he was kind of like, well, it sounds like in the chorus, this is what you were thinking. And that just set the real storyline for where I needed to go. So I rewrote the whole song like two days before I actually came in. Nice. And yeah, so taking songs that I probably am not happy with, but then thinking about it and then letting it marinate for a little bit and then rewriting it to where I think it needs to land. And that's what happened with this one, which made it more where I wanted it to be. Yeah. 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 It's cool. I mean, um, I guess now that I'm also in the, in the cover singer world way more than I used to be, Mm -hmm. like, do you feel like that's helping or hurting? uh your either creativity or just your general like approach to coming up with a song i think that it helps more than anything else just because the way that i do covers i don't always play them exactly to the t which i think is better because a lot of people want to hear your take on what you're doing i agree so the arrangement is a little different and i got to use a little bit of creativity to do that because I don't have all the elements. I don't, I'm not a looper necessarily. Yeah. I have the, I, I have this looper pedal that I haven't even used for like, yeah. you know, I kind of use it for ideas here, but um, 
Yeah, I just, it's one thing to get to the heart of the entire track and say, yeah. all right, you know, let's break this down and not have the whole production of, say, like 1979, The Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Slowing it down, dragging it out a little bit, and kind of doing it with a little bit of feel, as yeah. opposed to the da -na -na -na, like the yeah. way that it's kind of driving a little more. I just bring it agree. to a different place, yeah. So if you've been singing long enough, you also can't really help but sing however it is you sing. Yeah. So within that, you might as well try mm -hmm. to come up with different ways to make it interesting or fun or something. Something that like works for your voice, because not yeah. a lot of people sing like Billy Corgan. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. a little nasally there, yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering he got as far as he did, but with the voice, but. At the same time, that's why I always believe in the song first yeah, and everything else second. So um, I guess, the, you know, the obvious question is where do you pull your inspiration from for writing creatively, either lyrically or uh, otherwise? Lyrically, definitely just life experiences. Yeah. I mean, if you are writing from a place that just isn't genuine, people are going to know, you know, yeah. and that's the same concept of cover gig kind of helping more than hindering yeah is you get to be out there and you see what kind of works and how people enjoy Respond. so yeah in terms of the production aspect and in terms of the actual melodic elements and where everything lands you see how people react to whatever's going on and how this yeah. song fits here and what melodies so you start kind of breaking that down in your head yeah um so yeah just all from life experiences and getting out there and doing the damn thing basically <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah it's usually i think how most people go but you know every once in a while people are just like well i'm straight up sci-fi or i make up shit <laughs> i write about that and that can work for people sometimes too so i'm always curious you know yeah i mean if you're making it up at the same time it's still coming from a place that is you but yeah. you're kind of taking elements of your life and creating a new story out of that you know what yeah. i mean so, who knows? George Lucas, he didn't live Star Wars. It was one of the greatest films in the world. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of elements that are there that had something to do with his life that made him think up these crazy yeah, sure. scenarios, you know? so Yeah, speaking of Star Wars, or freaking new Top Gun movie had the exact same plot line as like the first Star Wars. It was kind of ridiculous. Did I don't know really? if you saw it. Yeah, but... I didn't even think about that. Yeah, how they have to like bomb the little hole. <laughs> <laughs> it is so bad. I mean, oh. it was an entertaining movie, but it was like, guys, this is Star Wars. <laughs> this is Star Wars. <laughs> like, I never would have thought of that. That's wild, man. <laughs> but yeah, I guess so. You're moving into the probably country pop rock genre, sort of now. Yep. Uh, um, trying to get into more of like the, uh, well, there's a lot of elements that i think are fantastic i've been listening to a lot of morgan wade uh, uh i actually recently got into her too ooh. because of another podcast yeah awesome wilder days man it's just a sick sick yeah tune. hear that song once and you're just like damn yep just yeah. feels it's one of those tunes you just want to drive out in your car like out in the middle of america and just like <laughs> go through the cornfields and just yeah warm outside windows down just blasting that tune it's just yeah. what it reminds you of it's good um, uh, yeah, I think we're all searching. <clears throat> if any anyone's writing, you're kind of looking for, for trying to co conjure up something like that, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit. Well, always. No. The minute that you stop exploring, you're 
music and trying to sound search is the minute that you're yeah. probably going to need to take a long break. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's a good example to bring up kind of for where I was going to go and ask, which is like, you know, that genre in particular, I do really like personally, but obviously we all know like how cheesy it can get and yeah. how easily you can slip into that. So I've probably never really tried to write anything in that exact genre, but mm -hmm. I imagine if I did, I would wonder like, am I going to struggle against this a little? Cause you want to make it like, um, accessible and happy and, mm -hmm. and palatable and all that. And maybe a little cliche on purpose, I guess that seems to be like, it's always been the trend. Yeah. So like, how do you, how do you think about all that? I don't know. Or do you not do you just like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I didn't, like, I never really think about it necessarily. Mm. I did spend a lot of time cause I was kind of like, I mean, I'm more of a rock guy. You know? Right. Um, and I just always kind of assumed, well, country, nah, yeah. why would I want to do it? But then when, so I got this radio deal out in Nashville with Street Shooter Music. And there's two things that come to mind immediately is the first thing was, all right, well, they want me to do country. Okay. How do I feel about that? And I had to sit down and really process that. And so I was like, all right, you know what, let's give it a shot. Let's see how I feel. And let's listen to some artists and see where it lands. And I knew some guys, Jonathan Mitchum, who's a good buddy of mine. Uh, he lives in Alexandria. He's a fantastic songwriter as well. Nice. Um, I started kind of like asking him for advice. Like, hey, man, what do you think I should listen to? And he was like, oh, man, you got to listen to Tyler Childers, Jason Isbell, <laughs> bunch yeah. of these other guys. And I was like, oh, it's like a bunch It'll of first names, it, last names. It's like real country. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's good stuff, man. No, I sing it all the time, too. Yeah. So taking that and then really like listening to what like Jason Isbell singing about. I love his lyrics and his musicality and how he kind of dresses all of it up. Mm. I think he's one of the best songwriters of this generation. It's amazing. Um, but he yeah. comes from a place from the heart and you can hear it and it's yeah. the elements are hardworking, you know, just really roots like, hey man. No, I'm a grinder. That's it. That's, a, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. Like he, I think it was Morgan Wade I was listening to on a, on a podcast, and she was like, "Yeah, they invited him to like The Voice one time mm -hmm. to like audition or something." And she was like, "Do you know who the hell that is?" <laughs> <laughs> like, and like nobody involved with that show like knew other than, "Oh, well, he's got some streams on Spotify. Let's invite him." You know? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's oh my lord. So that's where I think a lot about the detachment of like, of course, I love all that backcountry outlaw stuff. Mm -hmm. But then there's like, often I feel like not a ton of middle ground mm -hmm. between it. Maybe to the average listener, it all sounds the same. But to me, it's like there's soul and all that stuff involved in that. And Absolutely. then usually the pop country stuff that makes it to the radio is like stripped of a lot of anything that's kind of real. Yeah, it's more so, like, hey, I broke up with this girl, so I went to the bar, started drinking. And yeah, and here's a clever pun at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a key change for all you mothers <laughs> at the end, too. <laughs> Hold a my beer. Of, a lot of pandering, a lot of Florida Georgia line, but mm -hmm. Bo, Bo Burnham does a good skit on that. Yeah, obviously. I mean, that man's just a genius in general. <laughs> yeah. Oof. But So, I mean, that's where it was landing with me was like, all right, cool. Yeah. So these elements from like Jason Isbell, Tyler Childers, those backcountry roots, 
And then like listening to the pop stuff like Morgan Wallen. Uh, yeah. I mean, Chris Stapleton's not exact. I like that analogy because he seemed to have kind of broken Transcend. into that middle ground. Yeah. Um, and then uh, like Dan and Shay, who like you yeah. listen to it and you're like, is this really country? But it's more poppy. Yeah. But it still falls into like that kind of a vein. So trying to take a huge amalgamation, if that's a word, I don't know if that, I think that it is. is. Yeah. Don't know if I'm using that right. I hope so. Sounds correct to me. <laughs> All right. We'll fact check it later. Yeah, right. Uh, Snopes. Um, just trying to take all of that and seeing, all right, what do I really like about this stuff and what do I want to write about? What? Yeah. How do I contribute into this conversation? And then one thing, so I went out and I was writing with some of the guys out at the label and they're trying, they do this thing called writing up. Or like, hey, all right, so like they write with Carrie Underwood, Florida Georgia Line, all these yeah. other folks, and you're like, holy shit, like how am I gonna be able to like go yeah. toe to toe with these guys? And you realize that they have to be better than uh, some of the people who go out and they're big names, mm. because if they're not, why would they use you? They're just gonna yeah. write their own songs. So writing with them, uh, figuring it out, and then the CEO uh, Dean Scallon a straight shooter ended up saying, all right, so we got to do this. We got to do this right. And what we need to do is put the Rook filter on it mm. and think about it of what is your sound? How do you typically play? And how are we going to put that out through the world? So you're adding to this conversation and maybe it's the same things that everybody else is talking about, but how do you do it your way, putting your filter on it and trying yeah. to move forward and doing it in a way that's genuine and makes you feel good about it. Yeah, like, I was trying to think of which which way I should take this, but like basically, you know, I, you're a level up, I would say, from where I am in the creative spot, in a sense of I have absolutely no restrictions, so I feel like, I don't know, ninety eight percent of the time it's pretty much authentic. I have no reason to really fake anything. Yeah. However, a lot of you know smarter people than me or just you know, maybe more seasoned people than me mm. have also mentioned that, of course, like when you put a box or when you narrow down um, what you're trying to do creatively, you put some limits on it. It's actually liberating in its own way. Yeah. Because now you know, like, what you sh just won't do. Yeah. Well, it's, or so it eliminates a few things, maybe. In my mind, what that does is it provides a focus and it becomes more intentional. Right. And if you decide to do something else, you know, maybe you make another project and say, all right, well, now we're going to put this filter on this thing and try to go off and do something else. Because maybe yeah. this is kind of, you know, getting a little stale. Maybe we want to move on and do something else that's going to, you know, mm. hit different or, you know, provide some level of fun creativity with me. But trying to figure out the one thing that, you can focus on for the time being that's going to hopefully land and if it doesn't you know there's a lot of murder in artistry <laughs> so like yeah. all right well gotta get past this part and move on to the next one let's see what happens you know yeah i mean if nothing else it does sound fun mm -hmm. if for no other reason than it's like a writing prompt facts or whatever mm -hmm. so that's cool if you don't mind taking off your screen <laughs> yeah. I always get paranoid and yeah. for people listening if I keep this part I just I like watching the little ticker on yeah. the, uh, the logic so or the making sure it's still going still going because yeah. uh, you know I hate having conversations every once in a while where oh that was a nice good podcast hour later it's like, oh shit 
<laughs> I forgot to uh, record. Or my favorite is I left the metronome on. Oh, yeah. No, that's fun. I've done that before. <laughs> and like try to EQ it out later. I've just been like, damn it. Shame. Shame. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so obviously I don't want to waste your time here. No. But, no. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's cool that you're kind of taking the next step and taking the initiative. Yeah, I know. Uh, too, when you get a little wrapped up in the cover world, I think complacency is a logical thing that can happen. Yeah, that's true. So, um, I think so. You, in that realm, I always tried to find uh, what I enjoy about it, and I think that making people happy with music is one of the biggest. And I know that sounds super cliche or cheesy or whatever, but no, I mean, you want to be in it for somewhat the right reasons because trust me i know plenty of people who just i don't know it's not that we're not friends mm -hmm. but they see it completely different than i do mm -hmm. and whatever that philosophy is it's just different and that's fine but yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with just coming from this is what we what i want to do with music like yeah entertain or hopefully evoke some sort of emotional response like you know like i said not everybody's the same so yeah and i don't know i guess also too maybe i don't know if you feel this way but i sing like a buttload of um originals often mm -hmm. whether it's an original set or not and so sometimes i feel like i'm there's very little difference yeah between whether i sing a song i wrote or someone else's it's funny for the first year or two when i would go out and i'd play and do whatever people would automatically assume that I was just if I played an original they were just like ah it's probably just some obscure John Mayer song yeah. people would be like hey man what was that John Mayer tune uh, <laughs> that was actually mine <laughs> thank yeah. you I guess but it's you know yeah. they have no idea and a lot of those gigs you're going out and people are just kind of active listening so it's mm. just more like just looking for like little signs of life like there's little yeah. toe taps or you know people's kind of mouthing the words or like and in this area they like it feels more like they would not prefer to like go jumping up and down unless you know they get a solid amount of drinks in them or it's the right yeah. venue. Like Murphy's out here, people go nuts. Oh yeah, Murphy's but, is great. Ooh, it's a good time. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the time, you got to look for the like little prompts or what's going on, or and then people just love just throwing money at you, which is hey. a double-edged sword. It's like, all right, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and. All right, you didn't like go nuts or like clap along or nothing, but you just obviously enjoyed it enough to like. I, hey, I look at it too to go like kind of back into that like deeper philosophy of like music's more about the subconscious than anything else. Mm -hmm. Like if you think about when you're a kid and or if you watch kids, you know, like now when you're as an adult and how like mesmerized they are by music or something like that. Yeah, you know that it's like going deep in there to the mm -hmm. subconscious, and adults aren't that different you know so yeah. i often look at it as like even if i'm in a bar just kind of singing some old johnny cash tune like mm -hmm. everybody's content everybody's kind of chilling and there's a part of their brain of course that's just like you know stoked on it but it's not a yeah ex external reaction by yeah. any means so i don't know maybe these are just things i tell myself well i'm bored to death singing no. but uh, like, i think that's great man that's probably yeah. one of the best responses to that whole ideology of people listening 
actively in like using their subconscious like they're not paying attention necessarily but it's still there it's That's, there yeah and you know it if you really want to experiment if you are a covered singer by yourself if you mm -hmm. want to know if they're paying attention fuck up <laughs> <laughs> yep mess something up stop do whatever mm -hmm. everybody just go you think no one's paying attention and as soon as you do that, everyone just looks over. Like, What's going on? What the hell? <laughs> so that proves yep. there's a part of the brain that's just like, you know, they're there. But yeah, obviously they're talking about God knows what. Yeah. Other than that. So, yeah. That's wild, man. Um, yeah. That's a cool thought, know. man. The subconscious. I mean, that's, that's I've been trying statement. to figure out how to access that in different ways, <laughs> different <laughs> mediums for years. So, yeah. Because, yeah, when you hear that Morgan Wade song, you know, I know that it's not just, like, my regular brain mm -hmm. reacting. It's, there's something, like, even more. It's, like... You feel it. Yeah. Mm hmm Yeah, so, like, I assume that's your goal, to kind of also evoke that kind of emotion oh. response. Like, Isn't that what everybody wants to do? Like, you write so. the music in hopes that it's going to share the human experience, right? Like, so it's like, I went through this, and I hope you get something out of it and if you enjoy it you know great if you don't it's not for you that's cool too so how far have you been willing to go in the vulnerable uh you know arena Oof. i mean i i had a big problem with it for the longest time i started writing songs when i was like 14 14 15 yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I can't write this. My mom's going to see it. She's <laughs> going to be so upset. Like, I, can, yeah. I can't curse. I said damn in this song. Mom's going to be so pissed. And I'm yeah. like, I don't really give a shit, man. If you like it, you like it. I got nothing to hide. So I'm diary's an open book for the most part, you know. I guess I'm looking for specifics here, like specifics. examples. Like, have there been, has there been a lyric or a time? Even when you threw away, maybe you don't even have to necessarily be that specific. But I was also thinking more along the lines of something that's out there. Mm -hmm. And they, at first you were like, man, I don't know if I should actually keep this because it seems like a little too raw. Uh, I don't think I've done anything like that quite yet. At least okay. I've written some. One that is out there i was worried that maybe the person that i wrote it about would understand everything in the lyrics yeah. um and it was about like a huge breakup that i had um yeah it's a nine-year relationship so it was a big deal and now it's like why did i ever care so much uh it's actually one of my favorite tunes that i've written um it's called a thousand days mm. and it's just i was hurting man and i yeah. feel like for I want to say five years. I feel like all this is why I think relationships have a half life after you die or die after you <laughs> break up. That was, yeah. Wow, that was a little. It's fine. We can dramatic. edit it out later. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> um, but so it, you just have a half life. You just gotta figure your stuff out after being with that person for X amount of time. Like, yeah, that's just how it ends up working out. You end up. So for me, it was about four and a half, five years. And what was crazy was I ended up like getting a call from this person and she was going through a bad relationship. And yeah, like I always knew we would have that like kind of like come to Jesus moment together. We'd have like a moment where we're going to get back and have a chat. And yeah, 
It's the last time I ever talked to her, and it was rough. And then after that, I was like, oh, man, what, what was I thinking? Like, <laughs> and uh, I wrote this song, and it was, I'd rather be broken than to spend a thousand days without you. And it was, it sat, it seemed super emo, <laughs> like super yeah. depressing, and all this. And so I think that was probably the biggest one. Nothing too crazy, just like a, yeah, you know. You don't want people to know about what the true meaning of the song is sometimes just because you want them to interpret it for yeah. themselves. But yeah, yeah, that one was a little tough. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I uh, I usually leave very little up to the imagination on purpose in my <laughs> style or whatever it is I do. Yeah. But yeah, I, I understand like, you know, the inclination to kind of like, I don't know, stay as far away from what actually happened. And then there's also, like, I don't know if you agree or disagree, and I don't know if this is a question or just purely rhetorical, but, like, there's sort of, it feels like there's a balance between catharsis and, like, maybe potentially hurting somebody, actually. Yeah. There's, like, this egotistical, artistic side of things. Maybe it's perceived that way. I don't know if it actually is, but it's like, damn it, I want to say this or express this. But I'm also, like... The point of it is just to kind of get it out. It's not actually to attack. Yeah. And, and I don't know if, like, that actually comes across. Yeah. You I know? mean, especially, you know, it's hard to see that. If you're one of the people who you've written this song about or has something to do right. with it. I mean, it's hard to see it as something that they should be offended by or something because they immediately yeah. think it's like a message to them. When a lot yeah. of the time, it's more just like, this is a medium right. for me to kind of vent and let it out. And half the time, like, people don't know who you are, so they have no idea who so, this is about. Be like, this, is, this song's about you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Rachel. <laughs> well, and even in that sense, like, how many people actually know who Rachel is? Unless you end up saying, like, right, doing fine. the Jenny 8675309, add their last name, add their phone number, and address. <laughs> like, that'd be a little much. All right, this is clearly an attack. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess you just hope that other people, obviously, like, um, empathize with the experience or whatever. Yeah. So and That's the whole idea, I think. At least where I come from. Yeah. yeah. So, you mind if we grab another beer? Yeah, man. We're at 30 minutes. It seems like a good spot. All right, so we're back. Got a couple more beers. Um, <laughs> kind of wind it down, though. Yeah. Let you get to your gig here. Um, yeah, man. I guess maybe the two things potentially people might want to hear about because they're potentially doing the same thing are uh, what you're doing, like to release or promote the songs, mm -hmm. and then also like if that may or may not involve playing, touring, any of that stuff. Maybe that's a second question. So but, uh, what I'm mostly doing right now, I'm not... Uh, focusing as much on the touring element um, because I'm, I mean, I'm playing seven nights a week typically. Mm -hmm. um, so mostly social media pushes, which I'm hoping end up getting more uh, kind of momentum over time, yeah. um, which I feel like everybody does. Um, but I'm also working with a publicist out of Nashville, uh, Milestone Publicity, who is pushing things out to music blogs, magazines, and everything else out nice. that uh, can hopefully kind of get some more playlists and all that kind of going under that. I haven't 
set it up quite yet because I'm not sure if I can get somebody on retainer for it. But there are a couple of spots. Previously, I worked with Music Gateway that um, ended up getting some streams for everything out there. But mostly just trying to get some of the outlets and some of the big music blogs and everything else that get a lot of traffic coming through it yeah. where the songs get posted up and you can get the pre-save going um, for Spotify and all the other things. So yeah. trying to make sure that's all kind of aligned and ducks are in a row for all of it for each release and then just making sure usually about three weeks out you want to start kind of being like hey this is what everything yeah. is and here's the pre-save link make sure you go and take a look and just jump on and hopefully you guys enjoy so, so your strategy isn't doing something weird on tiktok <laughs> no, what it is not well, however i probably should throw that in there um you got I, a new puppy that's like tiktok oh that's gold. true oh just sync your song up, your slowest, most emotional song up to like your puppy <laughs> running in slow motion. Yeah. It's, you know. Ooh. All right. I could be about this. Ooh, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. My songs are on TikTok too. I've not, you know, I don't even think about that. But they're all, you can do a trend or whatever those the kids do. I yeah. have no idea. That makes me feel old, man. I have no we idea. We are old. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, at least comparatively, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not trying to hack into any 18 year old's brain. That's definitely not my, my attitude, but it's yeah. apparently, you know, uh, you do ha happen. You got to go where the people are. And yeah. I was talking, we were talking about Shane Gamble up in uh, Frederick, Maryland. Uh, I mean, he's got connections to some of the folks out in Nashville with labels and all that that are just kind of like, hey, man, we're signing people off of TikTok all the time. Yeah. So you got to, at some point, yeah, you got to start it's thinking this is probably the move. There's a lot of people that do it well. Um, I don't know if you know Kat Janice. Um, she does a great job with it, and yeah. she's been doing it for a long time. Uh, she's a phenomenal artist, more along the pop lines. Yeah. Um, uh, but she's also been going through some rough times, so she's fighting some stuff off right now. Uh, she had to deal with cancer and all that. So hardcore. Yeah, she's been she's had a rough rough year uh, for sure. So I don't know. Just taking a look at people who are doing things like that and seeing yeah. where they're landing. And Kat's doing a great job. Some of these kids that are eighteen year olds just like going onto TikTok and just uploading them, just like dancing to their own music and like you know. Yeah, I mean, it's wild. Uh, whatever it is, I, I think all, all things sort of have their place online. I mean, each website, each platform, each mm -hmm. whatever. I think I have a new strategy now for TikTok. I've been off it, but um, I, I, I'm going to have a TikTok burner phone. <laughs> it's going to be my, my new strategy for 2023. Uh -huh. So I may actually just have a social media burner phone. Huh. Uh, it's been what I'm going to do. And um, just do everything from that phone because mm -hmm. I'm paranoid and afraid of spyware and all that shit. <laughs> so the phone just lives in its Faraday cage. Otherwise, unless I connect it to the internet and I post shit and then it goes back in the cage is what I've been thinking. That just sounds like a good idea just for time management in general. Yeah. So many people just get caught in the like, scroll game, man. Just like Yeah, doom scroll. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's enjoyable sometimes and I'm not sure it's that different than just say watching tv yeah that's but, true um i don't know yeah but i think i don't know it just it sounds very very healthy like <laughs> for nothing else like from a mental aspect like you found something like at least good there man shit 
<laughs> yeah, because in a way, I, I do love like coming up with cool shit to post, and I've gotten way more into the whole video game mm-hmm. and cameras and all that bullshit. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's just such a necessary thing. I think. Um, yeah. Now. It's like it's sad. Maybe it's not sad. Maybe it's just reality. But like, <laughs> reality can be sad. Yeah. They're not mutually exclusive. Reality is okay. just <laughs> real. Yeah. And like, I don't know. If you're truly like a transcendently great musician, fine. Kick, kick ass. Yeah. But like, I feel like the vast majority of us to get above the noise have to develop more skills within it. You should always be developing more skills in everything in general. Yeah. It's yeah. not like it's not going to benefit your overall life anyway. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, I mean, that kind of gets me to like another side tangent rant about music in general, which I feel like, again, music should just be like a byproduct or expression of your of an interesting life. Mm-hmm. I agree. 110%. You know, well, or whatever kind of life you have. But I'm sure there's a lot of people who have very, very boring lives mm-hmm. that write phenomenal phenomenal music yeah i you mean know? you can make your life as cool or as boring as you want it to sound you know like, yeah that's part of the fun make it exciting yeah if anything like some of the best songs in art make the mundane mm-hmm. it's like they capture it in a bottle somehow mm-hmm. and again it fits in that whole aspect of the human experience and everybody's kind of like oh man like, I can damn, relate to this. I wish I could have painted that thing that way, or I could have said that thing that way. Or... Yeah, like I thought about this a million times. They just said it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an expression or a feeling, you know. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that whole idea of putting everything through the filter of you, you know. Yeah. We've all talked about it 110 percent or 100 thousand times, day. whatever you want to say, and like, but nobody said it quite like you. So. Yeah. Throw your voice into the conversation man see what happens yeah do you think people now do it more for validation than they do it for expression or is that the same two sides of the same coin i don't think it's two sides of the same coin but i do think that people do there i mean it depends on who you are like some people do have the need for validation which yeah i've never understood that i don't really care what people think about me nine times out of ten unless you're somebody that's very present in my life that I allow you to get to that level um but yeah I don't know I think some people just do things just to do them surprisingly little Rick James (laughs) but uh but otherwise yeah some people do do things for validation and I think that's a a bit of a fallacy yeah is you start I mean, especially when you start out, you start thinking, oh, man, I got to do this. And you're playing like open mics and you see these other musicians who are so much better than you. In, like, yeah. And it's all in your head, right? Who cares? Yeah, I mean, if... it could be real. You could suck and they could be better. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, <laughs> it depends on it depends yeah. on the situation. But the question yeah. is, are you going to learn from that and pick yeah. up like little things that they're doing and say, I'm going to take that. I'm going to learn how to add this to some element of what yeah. I do. And, you know. Uh, or are you just there saying, I want to come in here and just impress the hell out of all these musicians and that's it? Yeah. Where, I mean, if you really want to think about it, are you making music for musicians or are you making music for the everyday listener? And that's where, you know, it depends on where you want to land and if you want to be a very impressive musician for musicians. You can be successful at that. Yeah. Dream Theater did a very good job. Exactly. Like, all those bands yeah man crush it but i'm not i'm not that guy i don't personally feel like i 
have to impress anybody. I feel like I am here to create a story and do it in a way that sounds beautiful and how I like it and what yeah. I would like to hear and putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess you already mentioned a bunch of artists and whatever, like at mm-hmm. least major major ones. But is there one in particular that you're like I don't know, feel like is the most influential, most inspiring? I only ask the question because I feel like I just have had a couple, and I don't know. I'd... I mean, I'm sure it's a major one, but the my I mean, big super bad reference. It's like the first time you heard the Beatles. I fucking yeah. love the Beatles, man. Like, they're just, and I think it's the songwriting. It's not about anything too impressive that they're doing. They're just yeah. making the music and they're just putting it out there. And they're like, hey, man, sounds good. We're talking about some shit that we want to talk about, and it's out there. And yeah. that's that. I was always more of a, a Zeppelin guy than a, oh, than, I love a Zeppelin. than Beatles. But I love but, them because their musicality right. is phenomenal. I'm like, it's more obviously impressive. Mm-hmm. I think the Beatles are more subtle in there. Like, but again, I'm more of a lyric guy. So if yeah. you're, and then I know, let me. I heard this one time. Uh, God, I can't remember his name, but he works with a bunch of people for choreography and all this. And they, he worked with Ed Sheeran and Shawn Mendes. I was at this convention in Nashville like years ago. Um, and he goes, hey, man, like, dudes like licks, chicks like, or no, what is it? <laughs> chicks. I don't know where this is going, but. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's getting weird. <laughs> licks and dicks. <laughs> <laughs> dudes, uh, dudes like riffs, chicks like lyrics. I think that's what it was. So, like, yeah. you, and I don't know, maybe I'm more on the chick side, but I've like always liked both. lyrics, and, oh, man. If you yeah. got something with, like, chock full of great riffs and you got yeah. great lyrics, like, you're set, man. I, I come from the, the Dimebag Daryl school of riffs. So <laughs> that checks out. A good one. Yeah. But Are you more of a guitarist than a vocalist? or For sure. Yeah, that well, checks out. Yeah, hmm. although it always... Like lately, especially like the amount of people tell me like, "Oh, you got a great voice," it still blows my mind. Because I'm like, "Oh God, if you only knew." <laughs> oh, I mean, they've been listening to you for X amount of time. If you're up there doing it, you know what I mean. Well, it's like now if I go to a bar and sing, like, yeah, I probably sound alright. But like, God, before like, because I spent an immeasurable amount of hours on guitar. Yeah. But only really started singing in like the last five years. Damn. So. Oh. I don't know if it's up there. So there's a tape. Is it next to that delay pedal? There's like a... Like a tape tape? Yeah, like an actual cassette. It's up there somewhere. You want me to grab? Yeah, no, no, no. It's up there. But... Yeah. yeah, Do you actually need it? No, 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 no. But that's up there for a reason, because that was when I first started learning how to play guitar and sing at the same time. It was the first three to six months oh, of me wow. playing so guitar. Just need a little reminder from time to time. See how far you come, dude. It was it's bad. <laughs> I Dying listened to cat. it a year ago and I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, it blows my mind. I used to get up in front of people and sing as shitty as I did. Oh yeah. Oh man, the first gig that I had was uh, in front of my entire high school for like this huge like pep rally or something. We like they asked me specifically. Like, hey, man, you want to come and, like, do this thing? Like, everybody's going to be in the auditorium, and we want you to do a musical segment and just play one song. And I remember, man, I'm sitting there with my guitar, 
and I'm so nervous. I'm like, <laughs> my whole right leg is like doing <laughs> this. Shake. I'm like jittering all over the for, place. And For people oh. listening, he's having a seizure now. Oh, yeah, basically. Just like... <laughs> and I look like Kramer, man. It was just bad. <laughs> and just the voice was not great. Like, But, you know, it was... An important experience, and you just you yeah. live and you learn. And well, did they pick you because you're already in like theater or whatever, or did they? I was in the guitar class. Okay. Yeah. So they were like, "Yeah, man, this kid's got a great voice, and he's like doing good stuff, and he's writing music, and yeah, we should have him come and play for some." Literally yeah. the entire high school, in front of all of my peers, in front of everybody that I've gone to school with since elementary school, and I'm like, "This is the worst." <laughs> I was freaking yeah. the hell out. You didn't get any numbers after that one, probably. Oh, well. Maybe you did. Maybe you, you never know. I don't know if it was because of that, but I did get a couple of numbers. I just was too afraid to talk. I was a, yeah. I was a shy kid, man. I never, like, I never approached girls or anything. I was just like, I just want to <laughs> lock myself into a room and play guitar and just yeah. like not see people. Oh. It's awesome. Goes to show, splitting the audience, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're truly bad or, or if you're truly if you again find someone in the crowd who just is like god that's awful <laughs> that's still a response yeah it's right? the rick rubin school of thought <laughs> which is like important you can still get numbers yeah that's so true. you know you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take exactly wayne gretzky exactly michael scott <laughs> <laughs> yeah back to the hockey back to where we started oh yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. I mean, I feel like this kind of it's a pretty good amalgamation. Amalgamation. <laughs> of uh, kind of what you're doing and your sound and your philosophies and uh, what you're going for. So um, if you're content, I'm content. Although I usually do end with like, obviously, sometimes we either I, I don't ask a question that was probably pertinent and I probably should have mm-hmm. or more likely just like a shout out to somebody that like i don't know might be important to like the song on this episode or somebody in general that you just uh, think might be listening and it would be funny yeah absolutely so obviously for all y'all out there listening go ahead and pre-save euphoric dream check it out it's coming out january 20th the uh link to pre-save is on rookrichards.com you can look that up google it however you want to get to the internets um and uh, yeah, the big, big people that were on it, Ben Tufts, big thanks to him. He did a great job on the drum tracks. Um, Buddy Spear, who just phenomenal guitarist, added so much to it that I had never heard before. Um, Eric Scott, who's a phenomenal musician. Nobody, well, no, people know him all over the place, actually. He's just, Maybe. he's up in North Beach in uh, Maryland, but right. man, I don't think people know enough about him. He's great. He's a phenomenal sure, no. bassist and singer. And yeah, uh, John Brooks, who was the engineer on it, uh, just all those guys just brought me to a new place, which is going to be bringing up all the new tracks that we're going to be doing. So I'm excited about that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time, having yeah. me over. I don't yeah. actually normally do a lot of um, in-person podcasts. Damn. Partially because I'm lazy. <laughs> it's easy to just, you know, call somebody or video chat. Yeah, but uh, well. you play hockey, so hey, yeah, man. Might hey. as well. 
If you ever want to come by again, I'll grab some beers, hang out. <laughs> sounds like we got to do one one a uh, a quarter, or not even one a quarter, one a month. That sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. It's good. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. So I want to thank Rook for coming on the show, and thank you for listening. If you made this far, the song you heard in the background is called Euphoric Dream, and it's out tomorrow. You walk through the snow, creating the glow. Doc stood no chance to such radiating beauty. You took my hand, made me understand exactly why love can elude me. Mixtures of silence bring light to this science. Textures live by. Something new, bright and 